This episode is brought to you by Sheath. You can go to sheathunderwear.com and discover the most comfortable underwear ever created. Now, what makes sheath underwear different? Well, for men, on the inside of the underwear, there is a dual pouch. That means separate compartments for your manhood. Imagine a silky, smooth pouch on the inside that your boys slide right into that keeps you separate from your legs so there's no more sticking, no more chafing, no more need for readjustment. We all know that little move you have to make to kind of peel the bad boys off of the leg. Well, with sheath, that is a thing of the past. There are several fabrics to choose from, from modal to bamboo. My personal favorite is the bamboo. It's a newly launched product that everyone seems to really love. I highly recommend trying the bamboo sheath underwear if you have not ever given yourself the gift of true comfort. Wearing these underwear truly sets a new precedent for what underwear are and for most people, I think they end up switching entirely over to sheath because when you put on your old underwear after trying these, they just don't cut it anymore. You can try sheath risk-free. There is a 100% money-back guarantee on your first pair. So go to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. I've been involved with Sheath since its conception. It was founded by my brother, Robert Patton, who is a US military vet, who during the course of his two tours to Iraq, developed this product out of need. Need is the mother of invention, as he likes to say. And he did a great job bringing this awesome product to the world. Again, that's sheathunderwear.com promo code TIMEWHEEL. This episode is also brought to you by Ohana Kava Bar. Go to ohanakavabar.com and check out their selection. Ohana means family and it is spelled O-H-A-N-A and Kava is spelled K-A-V-A. You can order directly from their website and they will mail you high quality kava. If you don't already know, kava is a plant medicine, an herbal supplement, a replacement for alcohol. It is an incredible experience. I have used kava for years now. I love it. It makes you chill, happy, vibey. It is a communal and ceremonial beverage to unwind with at the end of your day. If you haven't given kava a try, I highly recommend it. Again, go to ohanakavabar.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 10%. Their store offers classic kava, instant kava, kava tinctures, kava capsules, and more, all of which I have tried and all work incredibly well. ohanakavabar.com promo code TIMEWHEEL.
Accessing archive. Authorizing. Access granted. Accessing file. We are rolling. Chris Eisner, how you doing, man? I'm very well, my friend. How's it going? I am doing great. Glad to have you. You do amazing woodwork. Thank you very much. If I didn't have that, I would be such a complete loser. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> so just to jump off here, um, I heard an interesting story about ayahuasca showing you how to do the work that you do with wood. Is that correct? Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, there are these snakes, right? Ayahuasca snakes. Everybody talks about them. Well, I remember when I was down there, somebody had told me, if you see snakes, you can tell them what to do. They'll do your bidding. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's true. Now I have a whole little gang of ayahuasca snakes that come whenever I call them, you know, and uh, you can tell them to do whatever you, they, whatever you want, they'll do it. Take right. your place and show you things. That's beautiful. Like, tell me your story about ayahuasca and this uh, particular journey that they showed you the woodwork. It was my first ceremony, and uh, I'd fallen in with some um, just truly amazing people, Corinderos, down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were doing uh, some private ceremonies. They were starting a coca dieta, and they were doing ceremonies for that. And I was invited, so I had four curanderos working on just me mm-hmm. and they just absolutely blew my mind i didn't expect much at first because i mean they're just such sweet nice people i mean they're so painfully sweet and, and humble and and uh and then uh but then when the medicines started kicking in and they started singing yeah oh god i knew i was in for a wild ride because it's just uh what they do singing is not even the right word for what they do, but it right. was simply the most, uh, awesome, you know, feat of, of, of human ability that I've, I've ever experienced. Right. I hear that the method they use, it's called Icaro and they sing Icaros and these are musical technologies that the plants taught, uh, taught these shamans, uh, as to how to, bring this voyage uh, to different places for the participants. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, even, even their language, which is based on it, you can have, you know, most of their words will have at least three different meanings, depending on what realm you're talking about, whether physical or spiritual or astral, you know, because they're operating on all these levels all the time. Right. And uh, yeah, so it's even, it's apparent in the structure of their language. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So I was there and having my first ceremony. And, um, and at one point, uh, the lead Corindaro singing over me and, uh, you know, I'm just staring goggle eyed at him and his songs just coming in and just blasting me apart, you know, blasting my mind apart mm-hmm. and, uh, just grinding all that gringo shit down flat, you know, it was right. just, yeah. Overwhelming. And, um, he and in the pitch dark you know he wasn't a man at all he was this this huge undulating serpentine form covered in 
thousands of kaleidoscopic eyes. Wow. And, um, and, um, so very much like an, an anaconda. And, uh, right. and I remember that thing. Oh, yeah, you can, you know. So I said, okay, show me what to do with my life. You know, I've got vomit drool hanging off my lip. <laughs> out of my mind. And uh, and uh, then uh, after that, that's when I saw this uh, vision. It was very much, very, it was very detailed. Uh, like Kind of like a YouTube video mm -hmm. from some other place. And uh, those are these hands making uh, a wooden bowl with this ancient woodworking technique. Oh, wow. Looking at it, looking at the textures of wood. And I was like, okay. And uh, and even then when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm going to suffer because, you know, uh, you know, we end up suffering, you know, fear, doubt, insecurity, deprivation, all of these things when we do what we love. Yeah. Because it's become apparent to me that we can't work for a living, or at least I can't. I can only you know, like work for a working, and I have to live for a living. <laughs> and, I know what you, you mean. Know, doing what I love isn't work at all. It's life. It's just joy. And uh, right, yeah. So better to you know, and, and it, it, for a long time, it was it was a hungry struggle. You know, mm -hmm. just making little wooden bowls, hundreds of bowls, just like I saw. You know, and. Uh, trying to scratch a living at flea markets and living in some Ted Kaczynski shack in some old man's backyard. And, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, and then, and, and mushrooms helped me with that of just being able to, you know, micro microdosing mushrooms to just allow me to put my head down and work without tripping on everything else that would have just sent me into a, you know, so much anxiety and depression that I would have been, you know, non-functional. Sure. I found that what uh, what plants, psychedelic plants do is that they will anchor the mind in the present moment where the mind is optimally suited to work on tasks that we set for it rather than right. being stuck, uh, you know, kind of the untended mind, you know, operating within um, constructs, past and future constructs that will create for, for itself, which are states of non-reality. Yeah, and if the mind operates too long in states of non-reality, dysfunction ensues. So we yeah. assume that uh, that that our brain chemistry dictates thinking and emotion and behavior, but I think it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. you no, know, and that's because we're we're allowing our mind to drift on these in these non-reality states, you know, these constructs that it creates for itself, you know, right. all the time. When it's got plenty of time to do that on its, you know, to, to play and do whatever it wants, the mind does, you know, yep. uh, for one third of our lives when we're sleeping. Yep. You know, it can do whatever it wants, you know, so that's plenty of time. So right. now I try to kind of keep focused and there's some things that help with that. Yeah. Like Hape does that. Hape gives you clarity and focus, accuracy in the present moment. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. I want to talk about microdosing and Hape, but, um, on this idea of the woodworking, had you ever used, uh, had you ever practiced woodwork before or was it, no, you hadn't. So you were like uh, told in this journey, you know, as a revelation that this is a new art form that you need to take up. Uh, not in so many words, but I mean, I asked and answered. So, you know, I kind of did that and I kind of have a, bit of an obsessive streak anyway so you know it just mm -hmm. I, I latched onto it and you know and i could have just so easily missed that 
you know, just with the enormity of the experience, so much going on and the nausea and, you know, I could have just, you know, not paid attention and missed it. And I, I wonder what other things did I, that I, did I experience that I just didn't quite catch, you know, right. catch me too. Um, but I caught on to that one and, uh, yep. and then, yeah. And I know. The, it's an amazing process and it's just it's magically transforms my, you know, very rough amateurish carving very quickly, you know, just transforms it, this finishing process right before my eyes. And I was like, Oh my God, look what I'm doing. This is yep. amazing. You know? And, yep. and uh, then I'm ready to do the next one. So, yeah. Yeah. You really have so much detail in, in what you do when you carve this wood. It's really impressive. Uh, and it really seems like a timeless art form. I almost feel like it might be one of the earliest forms of art would, would be people creating sculpture out of wood. You know, you, you know, once the, the, the tools of the knife and, and whatnot were created, um, I feel like it was probably, you know, maybe uh, the, the uh, materials to do this were more common than, you know, paint and that's that this type of thing. Um, you could create, you know, animals out of wood. You could create, um, you know, people out of wood. You could create a lot of things. And I just feel like it's probably like, I don't know, tens of thousands of years old as an art form. Or older. Right. Right. And this, this, this technique that was, I think is the first woodworking technique that was ever used, you know, mm -hmm. Just the, uh, you know, before tools, you know, maybe it was just some sharp stones, you know, that you could still fashion something with this. Right. Um, you know, it's funny. I recently was looking through Instagram and all of a sudden I see, and I was like, wait a second, someone's making my work using that technique. Cause I don't tell anybody really. I mean, just students right. when I teach kids and I go to, you know, I bring tools to Peru mm. a lot and to mm. Haiti and um, so I do these workshops and then uh, uh, I saw this guy and it was like, and a couple of them was like, wait, I made that piece and he's copied it. And, uh, uh, you know, so I, I messaged the guy and I was like, well, I guess I should be, you know, honored, you know? And he said, oh, you, you grumpy old bastard. You were the guy from Reddit, you know, like you were, you influenced me a long time ago. And then what happened was he, uh, he was on this uh, show this TV show called Naked and Afraid, where they drop oh, yeah. people like naked out in the middle of the desert, like you didn't. They're in South Africa for a month at a time, and mm -hmm. which I, I understand is as personally as a very spiritual experience because when you put yourself through such a you know difficult ordeal, you know, like say a dieta in the jungle, you know, where it's just very difficult, you know, and you have to deal with yourself, and and uh, mm -hmm. and that's a uh, deeply rewarding experience and uh he told me that he was like making this wooden bowl you know using this technique and you know for so he could eat you know and uh sure so he had the same experience as me and came to that technique the same kind of the same way but only directly you know wow. i saw the vision right yeah so it was pretty interesting right yeah very interesting um was there a early piece that really seemed to hit the audience well um because you know you say bowls bowls are very beautiful they're they've got utility um you can use them for food or you know to store things these types of things but was there a, what was your first piece that seemed to really hit the audience with like a shockwave because it seems like everything you do now 
is, you know, stunning to the point that it, it is like a masterpiece. It, it's like a, you're almost like a master woodworker, I would say. So I started making bowls like I'd seen in the visions, trying to sell them at flea markets. And uh, people mm-hmm. asked me to make pipes. Okay. And uh, so I started making pipes with these little faces of the visions I'd seen and, and uh, little swarms of entities. And and, uh, and then at one, one point I had this eureka moment and I had the idea of putting one of those faces into the bottom of one of those bowls. Yeah. And that started this new this new direction of work for me and um that had a profound effect on me and it was just that that's basically the format for everything i've done since if you if you go to my instagram and mm-hmm. start scrolling and scroll and scroll and scroll it just keeps going and you're looking at literally tons of work a lifetime's worth but made yep. in about the last five years because it's just uh this processes I'm using allow allow me to work very right. fast. So, yeah, by by working ten times faster, I was able to get kind of good at it ten times faster. You know what I mean? The only way to get good at something is to do it a lot. And uh, yeah, that's beautiful. So it There's seems you. to be the faces, right? Like these faces that are um, almost tribal esque, very ancient feeling. Um, yeah. And I don't know where they came from. Somebody had mentioned that they may be my ancestors. Yep. Yep. That's beautiful. So what is your process? You know, like you wake up in the morning. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you do to get going and then begin, you know, your art? Coffee and tobacco. Mm-hmm. And uh, walk to my studio and uh, start working. Beautiful. So... Yeah. The Sometimes tobacco. I the use to- hape. Yes, hape. T- tell me how you got introduced to hape. Uh, while I was in Peru um, one time, I, when I go, I bring little items, pipes and creepes, things like that, and I'll trade for whatever I need mm-hmm. and uh, go to the, the, you know, the, 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 the medicine market and, and uh, get my things before heading into the jungle. And, um, I started using hape and I, honestly I became this hape fiend. I was just, <laughs> you know, like all day, every day mm-hmm. until I got, uh, uh, I got uh, a kilo from someone. Oh, wow. Amazing eight plant, uh, hape with all these power plants, these master plants in it. Yeah. And, and I started using that. I don't know why, but just the desire just evaporated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now I don't even like want to anymore. So pretty much these days it's only, you know, ceremonially during ceremonies or what have you. Know, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Have you had a, a big hoppe experience? Because I understand it can be used kind of uh, more chill where it's kind of almost like, you know, like it just gets you going, but there is another level to using hoppe that can quite literally ground you put you on the floor and you cannot stand up for 45 minutes or so has that ever happened to you no no so i have a little story to share it was uh two years ago it was the first time uh self-administering a double blast of hape to myself 
And it hit me so hard. I, I went into yoga immediately as, as a, just an automatic reaction. My hands came up above my head. My, uh, I felt this energy coming through my hands, extremely strong. And I stayed here like this for two or three minutes. And I ended up kind of tipping over and then laying on the ground and having a huge purge. I was very lucky that a trash can was in, with in arm's length. And I literally had a purge. I threw up for five, 10 minutes and I could not get up. Every time I tried to get up, it was like, nope, I'm laying back down. And then I tried to get up again a few minutes later. Nope, I'm laying back down. Um, and I realized, wow, this is really powerful medicine. And, and on top of the fact that I couldn't get up and I was having this purge, I was profusely sweating. And I also was seeing kind of psychedelic... Um, textures on the ceiling. Um, and, you know, typically hape might not be thought of as a psychedelic, um, but I was actually seeing visions and, and what it reminded me of was these interesting stories of how people used to use tobacco in a, in a much, uh, higher quantity that would send them into a shamanic experience. Um, and I was like, Oh, I, I feel like I'm touching on that. And in fact, there's this really controversial, um, sculpture where it almost appears that someone is getting tobacco blown up their butt literally from a long time ago. And, you know, uh, as you may have heard, things are much more potent. I've never experienced it myself, but all I can say is, uh, I felt like I was getting a glimpse of how powerful tobacco can be in the right dosage. So have you boofed it yet? I have not, no, but but okay. the way well, that you got me thinking. So I have not, but I I can only say that um, based on this experience, I had a whole new level of respect for tobacco and and what it is is possible with it, um, because it was like I'm laid out. It's been 45 minutes. I cannot get up. I'm seeing visions. I'm feeling energy flowing through my body in a very uh, intense way. And, uh, it was almost like I could feel like tingling throughout all the way to my fingertips through my whole body. And, and I actually got kind of, um, scared to do hape again after that. But then I realized that what I, what I'm pretty sure happened was there was some leftover remnants in the Karipe and I pretty much got a double shot. You know, I, I, I got, double what I had anticipated doing. And I did do it into both nostrils for the first time. So not only did I do it through both nostrils for the first time, but it seemed to be quite a lot. Um, cause the first one I was like, okay, it hit, you kind of get this wasabi effect in your brain where it's like, you get this burning sensation. I find it quite pleasurable. Some people hate, you know, this feeling, um, some people don't like wasabi, for example, I'm someone who puts a ton of wasabi on my sushi. Um, so I, I kind of like that. It's very clearing. It definitely puts you in the now where you're like, um, I'm not thinking about this, that, and the other thing. I'm just here now in sensation in my body. And that can last between 20 and 20 seconds to like a minute and a half before that starts to subside but I had not uh, experienced like a full um, uh, release in that way almost ever, I don't think. And what it did actually remind me of is combo. Have you heard or tried combo, this frog medicine? Yes. 
So it makes you throw up. It makes you purge to the deepest parts of the bowels almost, you know, or, or yeah, it comes the, up day glow green with bile after, after yep. a while. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of got that experience from Hoppe. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I recommend people do that, but I will say that it is an extremely powerful medicine and is capable of a lot if you don't carefully measure your dose or you're a particularly sensitive person. So that, that's just a wild experience I had with it. That is, I'm envious. Uh, the wildest experience I've had with it, it was during a ceremony. It was outdoors. There was a campfire. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody, and you know, they called people up for hop A, and this guy gave me a big blast, mm-hmm. yeah, bigger than I'd ever had. And uh, I jumped up and absolutely could not contain myself i had to dance around that campfire you know right. for, for a little while you know and, and just to let some things out and uh right yeah yeah that was that's but your sounds like you know yeah. all, all different level it was a big boy and i i also wonder too was it the fact that maybe astrologically it was a particularly powerful day because it was on christmas it was on oh, right. December 25th. You know what I mean? Um, and again, I, I took a few weeks off of Hoppe from that point, but then again, I, I introduced, but just with much more respect for how much, and I got into the habit of blowing the Caripe um, to make sure there's not remnants um, before each use. And sometimes there is remnants, which is funny, but yeah, I'll just kind of get it in the... And then was this your Caripe or were you using someone else's or it was, it was the one I sent you a picture of. It was that one. Um, uh, because uh, th- it sounds like Yopo almost. Right. I mean, yeah. That, but I- I've not, but I've heard, have you tried it? Yeah. How is Yopo? Uh, Yopo's interesting. Um, yeah. Yopo's beautiful. Uh, and I found that, um, some people can connect with it that can't seem to connect with ayahuasca mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, can really help them. Right. So for the listeners, Yopo is a lot like Hape, except it has, I believe, NNDMT and maybe even 5-MeO-DMT. It's actually got actually trace amounts of those. It's the bufotenin that's okay. it's really high in bufotenin that, that, that does the trick. Interesting. Do you have any idea how they create that blend or, or the, the process that goes into creating Yopo at all? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they toast the seeds and the, they scrape, scrape the inside of the seeds out. Um, and then they, they mix it with some like, um, like a burnt snail shell. Oh, wow. Um, and there's a little, yeah, I mean, I've tried to make it myself; it didn't work. <laughs> but I know this is, uh, this is it's it's one of the oldest known uh, medicines um, mm. for years, and and uh, even going even all over, not just in the Amazon, but in all throughout the Caribbean as well. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. Taino and Arawak peoples would use it. Right. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. I feel like it might be, I have not tried it yet. I I would be interested in trying it, but it almost feels like it would get you there in a little bit of a less intrusive way to the body because with ayahuasca, of course, you you take the medicine and then you must wait. Maybe sometimes get a little early experience, but I think 
Um, people wait, you know, between 30 minutes and an hour for the effects to kick, kick in. And then a lot of times your stomach doesn't like what's going on. So you'll have a purge, whether it be from the mouth or the butt, you know? <laughs> um, and then after, after the purge, typically the same with Yoko. Yeah. You could okay. But you know, and what, what, you know, your hoppy experience as well, I'm of the opinion, if you're not purging, you're not healing, you know? Sure. sure. And there's lots of different types of purge. It's not just, uh, you know, from, from one's holes. Although, you know, for any, for any psychonaut worth this salt, you know, uh, the projectile purge from both ends simultaneously in the jungle, it should be on anyone's puke bucket list. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's the only way to go. Right. Um, I wow. had a really great, uh, 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 cleanse purge, um, what, uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some insomnia for over a month. I mean, all night, every night, I could not sleep. And it was a weird sort of a um, nervous thing in, in that, you know, I'd try to lay down to sleep and all of a sudden I'd just get these little phantom tickles and itches and all over the place. It was just like, mm-hmm. just it was so frustrating. I'd finally get up and then finally, you know, I'd maybe get to sleep sometime in the morning and, and, and fuck off half my day. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I went to to uh, a friend of mine. We had a, a, an ayahuasca ceremony. She's worked with Shipibo. She and her wife works with Shipibo, Grunderos, uh, for about 15 years now. Okay. So they do some really great ceremonies. And anyway, the next day, homegirl gives me, she starts chopping up these seeds in the abija plant mm-hmm. mixed with water and hands me a legit glass of deadly poison that would have killed me if I didn't. You know, when I drank that, except uh, I spent the next hour chugging gallon after gallon after gallon after gallon of water. Oh, wow. Then prom cleaning that shit back up mm-hmm. and uh, just over and over and over again until the same thing it starts changing color, it starts coming up green. And then I thought it was over, but then the, you know, the hot poker in the belly, you know, and guts burning and, you know, squirting battery acid out of my ass for about you know, a few hours was oh, Lord. Pretty, pretty rough. Yeah. But, um, man, I've slept like a baby every night since. Oh, wow. So you yeah. said she handed you poison. What do you mean? Poison. I mean, this is poison. It's like this, these seeds are highly, highly toxic. Oh, wow. And what your, your body's reacting to that, wanting to get everything out of your system because this stuff is going to hit you, you know? Sure. And, uh, so you, you have to just keep drinking water and, uh, and, and getting it up and little bits of seeds and you're like where it's it's like the seeds have multiplied like all my demons have metastasized into these seed particles because it seemed like i i puked up 20 times more than i drank but uh but then and then the rest whatever you don't get vomiting uh and then comes out the other end um Mm -hmm. but it's the same with uh with a tobacco perch yeah in Peru, it's the, basically the same process. You drink a tobacco tea; it's highly toxic. It's 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 it can you know sometimes people and people have died from it, you know, because a lot of people have a problem drinking water. You have to just chug and chug and chug and not be like, oh, I can't, you know, right. can't do it. You have to do it, and it hurts and it's really uncomfortable, right. and um, and then it all comes up and it clears you out. Mm-hmm. So it almost sounds like a near-death experience um, for the body. You know, of course, you are getting stuff out, stuff, you know, lodged way down in your system 
that's going to come out through this purge, but also just the gratefulness for not being sick and not having to throw up and not having to be on a toilet for hours um, might make daily life and the, you know, the, the kind of the grind that we're all in as far as a society and daily life goes um, more interesting because, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm alive at least. Right. <laughs> well, also uh, much less of a desire to say, engage in dietary practices or whatnot, you know, that are, that are, not so great because I don't want to go through that again anytime soon, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah. Right. But, uh, and then she's saying, Oh, you should come up for, you know, 10 days and do a real purge, you know? Oh my gosh. There, there are plants that'll put you on your back for, you know, a couple of weeks. Sure. It sounds like, yeah, I hear that about like Iboga. I don't think it's weeks, but I hear that it's a few days. A long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to this woodworking that you do, you also seem to have a passion for curating quality wood. Um, wh- how did you learn about the different types of wood and, and how do you, you know, find that they're sourced and, and these types of things? Because, for example, I just commissioned you to create a snake curipe and you said, I just so happened to get 5,000 year old bogwood, Right. But before I left, you know, I I met this guy. Mm-hmm. His name's Tajay Massey. He's a rapper with hieroglyphics and balls of mischief. He's also a, an architect, uh, brilliant man. And uh, he gave me a house to live in for free for years. And uh, and that that was what allowed me to you know time and space to scrape up enough money to finally get to Peru. Mm-hmm. And uh, near there manufacturer and i discovered they had a scrap bin full of all of these mahogany offcuts so that's the wood that i started using i would have ordered because uh you know i didn't have any money so i wouldn't have had any money for materials and i was going through it a lot going literally tons of this wood away this you know this uh you know amazing you know rainforest hardwood and uh mm-hmm. So it was kind of a bittersweet uh, when they uh, when they closed, you know, boo for me, but yay for the rainforest. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've found other sources of uh, reclaimed wood. I only use reclaimed wood. Gotcha. Uh, so I find you know all kinds of different ones. Now there's uh, my I got a change to an, another studio, and right down the street there's a big slab cutting plug, just reclaimed wood as well. Now in California, there's a lot because of all the fires. You know, there's a lot of downed wood. Right. And so I'm kind of feel like I'm using, you know, the bones of a dying world in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one one interesting thing that comes to mind is that by using this wood, almost the spirit of the tree is present in the pieces you're creating. What do you think about that? You know, it's interesting. I was uh uh, last time I was in Peru and uh, my curandera, uh, Stella Pangoza, she was telling me, you know, you can travel places, just pick where you want to go. You go deep into the sea, you can go. And I, and I took her advice, started traveling places. And I wanted to travel into, into the forest. And uh, so during ceremony, I, I imagine it starts with like imagination. You imagine something and the vision takes over. So I imagine like the previous day following her through the forest to see this tree. And then, uh, 
a vision took over. I laid down on the tree and sank down into it. And, uh, it was pretty amazing, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the lights and the, the spirit in there. Um, yep. Yep. I'm not sure how all that works, but, uh, there's definitely something. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm channeling spirits when I work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it feels like it. That's exactly what it feels like. I mean, I just, I just don't check out and watch my hands work amazed at what's going on. Right. By the way, here's my pacho. Oh, beautiful. There's your tobacco. Wow. So for people yeah, just he's listening, he's he's showing me a garden he has here and he's it looks like he's growing mopacho. That's so cool. Oh, we got some tomatoes and some herbs and but uh, just two medicinal plants. Oh, this medicinal plant that's rose geranium. Mhm. That is cool. So in psychedelic states, I felt as if I could connect to the consciousness within a plant or a tree. I could feel it as if it was a person. Um, it had a persona almost like some type of, you know, um, energy to it that you could identify as a being. And when I think about your work, it's almost like you're giving these trees and wood um, a purpose to serve where they're able to heal people through the act of, you know, using these plant medicines. Yeah. Have you ever done like a, a dieta with a plant, you know, for an extended period of time or anything like that? No, not really. Not really. Um, the, the most dieta I've done is, you know, like when I know a ceremony is coming up in a week or two weeks, I'll start to eat really clean and I'll start to cut meat out and um, ingest less alcohol and caffeine and these types of things um, to just respect what's, what's coming ahead. Um, But that's probably a much more Western version of a dieta. What would you say? Yeah. Yeah. The downloads of information you get are not from oneself. You know, they're definitely from an outside source. You know, and they definitely have a certain personality to them, you know, each, each different one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the work, my, my, my brilliant business strategy, my, you know, genius business strategy mm-hmm. is to just uh, make something, snap a couple quick fit pics with my phone and post them on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all I do. You know, a monkey could do a better job than me. <laughs> um, uh, so I, it's like the least amount of effort I put, can put into it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just, you know, in my studio working this or traveling or playing with my, my partner. Uh, and that's my life. Um, but that's basically it. Yeah. And, uh, but what, ha- what started to happen is that I'd, I'd get a message from somebody now and then. Mm-hmm. And all saying the same thing and it would say you know you don't know me but uh you know i saw your work and uh i read your story and uh, it, it really inspired me to like you know you know go ahead and pull the trigger and go down to 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 peru and and, and find some healing and and then saying you know and my life has completely changed you know thank you so much right and, um that means so much to me you know? Yep. And, uh, that's kind of like that. Cause that's everything. 
you know, right. Transformation and, and, and yeah. self-realization. Yeah. Right. And so I'm thinking for, you know, for, for each person who did contact me, there may be more who did it. Right. No, many. Oh, for and sure. So for some reason is this work really resonates with people who have, have engaged with medicine mm-hmm. or who really want to and, or need to. And uh, so I'm thinking more and more that I need to get it out there more, mm-hmm. you know, that I need to connect with more people and that, that gets into all these things of scale doing bigger and more, you know, sure. Awesome pieces. And and honestly, you know, I'm pretty lazy. I just, you know, uh, get comfortable and, but I'm only scratching the surface of what I'm capable of doing. I see amazing things, you know, great things, just these monumental pieces that I'm perfectly capable of doing. It's just a matter of having more space, you know, and, and, and the materials are down the street. Couple guys with chainsaws to you know rough some things out for me. That's right. not a problem. The only problem is you know the clients to make that that happen. Sure. Uh, so I, it's just a matter of you know getting it out there more and and, and dealing with people more, which I don't do that much. I'm right. pretty you know I'm I'm in my little cave all day you know covered <laughs> in stardust. You know that's my life. I'm mm-hmm. a little cave man. Um, so, so, you know, and that's kind of, you know, why, yeah, do a podcast, you know, with yeah. you because, you know, I really need somebody to tell me, connect to those people who can make those things happen. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, uh, some, you know, like burn playa bunny, who knows all the, you know, the tech, the tech, the right. tech, big shot tech tripsters, you know, yeah, uh, or, or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and somebody like that, I can make someone like that rich, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it could happen, man. You know, something coming to mind is that, uh, have you done any, for example, like uh, museum features or gallery features? No? Well, that would mean like actually going and talking to people. <laughs> well, someone else to do that for me, yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. you know you keep the feelers out there and someone might just fall right into your lap. And it's like, that's what I've been doing lately. I've been putting feelers out. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I can just see if you were to take some of, you know, your works and put them in a museum and create an event out of it and have someone help you promote it and get people through the door that it would just, you know, be extremely powerful in, in getting the word out. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the film exit through the gift shop. No, but I know the experience. Yeah. It's a Banksy film. So, you know, Banksy, right? Yeah. Amazing artist. And, um, it's also about this guy that films Banksy. His name is like Terry, I believe. And, uh, he's able to create a gallery out of, literally just like magazine clippings and recoloring things. It's a really interesting film if you haven't seen it, but um, really the, the hype that comes with an event can, can be a kind of a, send a shockwave out into the public art sphere that um, might be able to, to bring more uh, p- 
people your way, more clients, more commissions, more interest in your work. So just putting it out there that if there was a gallery of your woodwork, I mean, I would try to go to that for sure. (laughs) You're right. I think it might be a little chicken egg situation because if I had, say, a client to commission a monumental work, that's going to create that kind of buzz too. Right. So that would then, I think, uh, yeah. Mm Generally, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why this just came to mind, but I I remember the story of um, Jesus being a woodworker. Have you ever thought about that much? Jesus was a woodworker. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, but I'm not sure. I'm interested in the the uh, (laughs) the consequences. So you're right. You're right. So, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll start flipping over tables and whipping people with it. <laughs> and, you know, get some righteous Jesus anger going and that'll get me killed. But, oh, God. Yeah, that's funny. It's just a funny thing. If you, that ask, I, me, if you ask me, it was suicide by cop. But, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just an interesting thing that it seems very much like a sacred form of art. You know, I think that's what I'm trying to tie to it. Well, you know, I mean, I get booted out of like Reddit groups for being a grumpy old fucker, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and people asking me, how do you do your work? And I tell them, I'm not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're very offended by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is the way it, it just seems that the way I came across the knowledge, the 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 ordeal of it. Yeah. And the magic of it and the way that that knowledge has so drastically transformed my life yep. and the lives of others. To me, yep. it's sacred knowledge. Yeah. It's just something to put out there. You know, I teach, I drag, you know, suitcases of power tools, you know, mm-hmm. remote villages, whatever, set up a workshop and, you know, and teach kids how to, how to, how to do this. Yeah. That's but um, not everybody, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I like that. I like I've heard this um, explored. I think it was in the Tao Te Ching that said, uh, let your work remain a mystery, you know, and just uh, show up with the final product. And, and I definitely can resonate with that in the sense of the music um, that I create and have created and, and been around different musicians that create beautiful work as well is you know the process isn't what's important it's the result you know and to be overly concerned with how someone did it just kind of removes the magic from it so i don't know i think people are curious because your work is so incredible but at the same time they should just be amazed they don't need to know how it's done they just need to support you doing it you know it's because it's like you know i'm even kind of like so almost intolerant of the word artist and art. I mean, is that what I'm doing? Is that what I am? Because uh, I think it gives the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. And one, it might give the impression I care at all about art. I really don't. You know, I have other things I care. That's just kind of, that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I care about what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Right. Um, but you're right. You know, when we are able to create wonder, Yep. And the world is only wonderful, full of wonder when we are yep. full of wonder, you know. Uh, so why rob somebody of that wonder by, you know, revealing the, giving the reveal, you know. Right, 
Right. So I prefer I, sort of artist, maybe wizard. I don't know. I'm. Sort of, <laughs> I think I'm going to be a wizard instead. Wood wizard. Yeah, the oh, wood wizard. I like that. I love yeah. it. Love I love it. it too. Yeah. I think that's my new, I think that's my new, my new handle. Let's go. Wood wizard. I love it, man. So where can people learn more about you? Um, you know, your different handles, your websites and, and any types of uh, things you've got on the horizon. It's like what I told my wife when we first met online, Google me. (laughs) That's all I said to her. Um, uh, so, uh, it was just an interesting interview came out with psychedelic times. That's a nice one. Oh, awesome. Um, so if you Google Chris Eisner art or ayahuasca, there's a bunch of things there. It all basically says the same thing though. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram Eisner art, I S N E R A R T. Mm-hmm. Same with Facebook. Um, yeah. Beautiful. And I just got one more question for you while I have you, which is, uh, do you listen to music while you create? Um, no, guys, I have, there's power tools. You know, it's so loud. I've got earmuffs, you know. and, and uh, Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Honestly, I don't really listen to music. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, I, I I very badly started playing it. I mean, with some, you know, I got a, got a drum and a flute, you know, a maraca. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I kind of enjoy my quiet. It's pretty quiet here. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, and when I do, it's usually like medicine songs now. Totally. I love medicine music as well. And it's funny because, uh, I don't know, I can only imagine that it, that you listening to music during your process might influence the creativity. But at the same time, I know you have your process and, and I don't want to interrupt that at all. But I just wanted to put it out there that, I, I don't know, I feel like certain music... I don't know how to pipe music into my earmuffs, you know? Right. I can figure it out. Actually, I'll probably start thinking about that. Maybe we could invent some some woodworking earmuffs with built-in speakers. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a question I should ask on the, the woodworking forums, yeah? Yeah, that'd yeah, be a good one. Groups. How do you listen to music when you're right. a, die grinder, a die grinder going for, you know, hours at a time? Right. Super cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Chris. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Actually, I'm about to go to my studio and finish your Caripe. Oh, thank you so much, brother. I'm stoked. Wow, there it is. The Bogwood, 5,000 years old. I'm going to get some wood from New Zealand called Kaori. Okay. 50,000 years ago, a tsunami came and knocked down this massive forest mm-hmm. and these logs have been in the ground for 50,000 years amazing people I- only got there what about 1500 years ago wow um so yeah so these trees were long before any humans showed up yep i think that's part of the magic of what you're doing is you're creating with this freaking ancient stuff you know what i mean i, I know i can't wait i can't wait i'm just like just drilling i mean it's so expensive you know uh, this wood is you know mm-hmm. it's like gold but uh oh i've got it i've got to do it yeah keep doing it brother you're doing amazing stuff thank you brother absolutely <laughs>